listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I want to take you for a moment to imagine. Imagine if in the paper, come on, church was front page. Because of the difference it's making in lives that have had no hope. I often stop and Marie and I imagine because of what God's called us to do, what 2021 is going to look like. If we achieve the miracle that we're presenting through legacy and being a forerunner when there's need in people's personal lives that's practical and emotional and spiritual and they think there's a place I've heard of that we can find home we can find hope. We can find an answer for our tomorrow. And really, for those that are maybe here for the first time, I think it was three years ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit was tapping me on the shoulder and said, you know, this is far more than the vision you carry. This is about a generational echo. This is about a legacy that's going to stand strong in the middle of society, that we are going to see something happen. And so week one of Legacy, we talked about David. He was just a teen. But there was something about his relationship with God that caused him to believe it didn't matter how big the opposition was. The God that was in him was bigger than the need that confronted him. And we talked about living this divine cause. That as a Christian, when you experience God's forgiveness and God's love, In God's restoration, it's not just to fix up the old. It's to put you in the valley where the enemy is standing and to bring this divine cause. And we saw how that the enemy was standing on the land that belonged to God. I think, you know, all of us can read the paper, hear what's happening in our world and go, man, the enemy's advancing. But I tell you what, what much of society doesn't realize is the church is maturing. And we are not just living for ourselves anymore. We're standing and saying, no, we are living a divine cause. We saw how David wasn't prepared to worship without warfare. Come on, for some, our Christianity is, well, what do I get out of it? That's what his brothers did. Three of his older brothers, they were a part of the Israelite army. And and yet every day they heard the enemy saying, you can't take the ground back. You can't make a difference. You're not big enough. David walked in and he says, let's do this. And his older brother said, who are you? You couldn't make a difference. No, I love this line in 1 Samuel 17, 29. Is there not a cause? On the other side of our obedience is the miracle for other people. On the other side of us standing and going, we're not just going to live for ourselves. I was saying to someone in the foyer, it's amazing. Every legacy season, the enemy throws all the crap. Are you allowed to say that in church? Come on, he throws everything he can at you to make you believe he's bigger than what he is and cause you to believe you're smaller than what you are. But David didn't see small as small and he didn't see big as big because that's what a divine cause does. You know, I believe God is calling today for a generation of people that will move from self-lordship to self-surrender. In other words, God, you know, people say to me, why do you keep 
doing what you're doing. It's just crazy. And it's like, well, when you've heard the heart of the Father, you've got to do it. Is it easy to do it? No, it's not easy. Is it challenging? Yes, it's challenging. But a divine cause means I'm not going to lord myself. I'm going to surrender myself. And today, Legacy Sunday is about just hearing from God and saying, well, God, if that's what you want, I believe in a divine cause. Not only that, I believe in personal obedience. That David lived this kind of mantra that I'm here not just because you have a cause, but God, you're wanting me to be obedient, to live with an unqualified, yes. And I think today, like David, my question is for Marie and I, again, been a Christian our whole life, it's kind of like, will I say yes? Not will I try and be someone else, but will I say yes to what God wants? That personal obedience, that's all God's asking, is if you say yes, as you align who you are with the heart of your Father, miracles begin to happen. Come on, worlds begin to change. And we can sit back and say, well, our schools are changing, the education system. There is a voice in the valley that's different to the voice before, but it's the same spirit. Whereas there's a voice that God is wanting us all to rise with and step up into. And a divine cause does require a personal obedience, but it also requires a resilient faith. I want you to think about this. Faith is not an easy thing. Faith is when we've heard something from God and we say, we're in. Not only are we in, but when the challenge comes, we're resilient. We are in our 27th year here at Life. And again, 27 years of saying yes, 27 years of being faced with the impossible, 27 years of hearing a voice saying, you can't do this even right now to see what God is taking us to. And I I look at that and I believe that, yes, there is a voice called the enemy. There is a voice of the king that says we're too small. There is a voice of an older brother that says, we know who you are, you could never do that. No, but there's a voice of legacy that says we're not going just to be obedient. We're gonna be resilient. We're not gonna give up. We're not gonna just do it a little bit. I think that's why David had five stones. Listen to me. Well, you know, I've been a part of a church before and all fell over. Well, why did you give up after one stone failed? Come on, resilient people. Man, you got a great marriage? Yeah, you don't understand all it's taken. Come on, didn't work this time around. I went through a failure. I went through that. No, 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 no. If that stone doesn't hit the mark, I'll use my next stone. And if that doesn't hit the mark, I'll use my next stone. I'm not... Somebody who's here according to the tide or the wind that's blowing. Come on, we're here in Melbourne to see God's name elevated. We see the church being the answer to community need. And it's not going to take one stone. It's going to take two. It's going to take three. It's going to take four. It's going to take five. How long have you been doing this, Paul? (laughs) My whole life. Maria and I are in the stretch zone like you wouldn't believe when it comes to legacy. But not only that, all the stuff that comes with it this resilient faith thing. I want to just, before we go to the video, I want to give you three thoughts about a resilient faith. You know, the story is like this. The disciples come to Jesus and they go, there's something about you. I know you're the son of God. And I know that miracles happen. But boy, we don't pray like you pray. Would you teach as how to pray like you pray? 
Out of that comes what we call the Lord's Prayer. How many have heard that? It actually is not the Lord's Prayer. It's our prayer. But this whole prayer is wrapped up with this thought. Our Father, this is how it begins. Which art in heaven. You're the biggest of the big. There is nothing impossible with you. You're you're the dad of all dads. Hallowed be your name. Your name has authority. And your will can be seen on earth as it is in heaven. And I love it. It's kind of like, before you ask anything, realize who I am. And then he goes on and he tells after the prayer what it's all about. He says, if you had a need because a friend came to visit you and you had no food and they were hungry, you'd go to another friend in the same place where you live and go, could you give us some food? Because all the shops are shut. But your food, your friend would say, I'm not getting up. The kids are in bed. It's a cold Melbourne night. You wait till the morning. And then Jesus says, He won't give you because of your need, but He'll give you because of your persistence. If you don't let go, He'll finally get out of bed and give you what you need. And then this most powerful understanding. Verse 9, after He explains it, I say to you, ask. And you will receive or be given to you. If you were to seek, you'd find. If you were to knock, the door would be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And what I've discovered is this, is that kingdom authority operates more in the spirit of who we are than what we say with our mouth. It's kind of like persistent, resilient generation that aren't going to give up because the devil says we can't do it. Not going to give up because the first stone didn't hit the mark. Come on, somebody say amen. Not going to give up because the bank account says we couldn't make a difference. No, we don't see small as small. This is a divine cause. And I looked at that and I felt like, and I'm already out of time, but you just got to stay with me today because we got red velvet cake so we can go a bit longer. These three things. Our ask is the first thing. Come on. Resilient faith requires our ask, which is to me the need to hear. I've never seen it like this before, except for a couple of weeks ago. You know, ask and you'll receive. No, 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 no. Could it mean this? Would you come to the Father and ask what He wants? Not what you want. Because... The whole of the Lord's Prayer is our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's kind of like, would you hear from God what God wants to take you on? We've had 27 years of just going, what do you want, God? We couldn't do that, but if you want it, we're hearing what you want. Today is about hearing what God wants us. I love the Message Bible, Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And he'll have to show, all he'll have to show in his life is weeds. Listen to this. But the one who plants in response to God. See, the ability to ask is not like, I need this God. It's no, no, no. What do you want? I'm asking you, what you want, because when I hear that, letting God, letting God's Spirit do the growth of the work in Him, 
will harvest a crop of real life. By the way, I thought the Bible says faith comes by today. It's not about what can I do? What do I want to do? It's like, what do you want? You, you want us to pay off, believe you for $45 million by the end of 2020 so that we can see at least two or $20 million worth of community activity happening through New Zealand and Australia. That's what you want? How will that happen? I don't know how, but I think we've heard. So we've just said yes. Come on. I'm praying today that you'll hear God, that you would have heard God. Resilient faith requires our ask, the need to hear. It requires our seek, which is the commitment to discover. Once you've heard from God, really, it's kind of like, well, it's just going to happen. No, no, you're going to have to go up to the mountains to find wood. You're going to have to discover in God the journey He wants to take you on. Maria and I have committed over these three and a half years something that's literally impossible naturally. But it's kind of like, well, what's our wood? Where are we going to discover that? We're going to seek out an answer. By the way, let me teach you biblically. Don't just sow seed. Learn how to gather harvest. It's one of the biggest things I've had to learn. Harvest doesn't turn up in the letterbox. A farmer goes out and gets the harvest because of the seed. When I've heard from God, God said, do it. I'm going to then find ways. Come on, to gather that harvest in. And I'm going to find answers for what God has called me to do. Can you say amen? And never forget that the gifts you've got are not your gifts. Everything you can do are not yours. God gave them to you to build His kingdom here on earth. And if all you do is build you, you're going to end up very empty. But as you align to what the Father wants, I'm asking you, I'm wanting to hear from you, I'm seeking, I'm going to commit to discover, and I'm going to knock, which is what? It's the resilience to win. I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm just not going to stop knocking. God, come on, you can do this. I think I said last week, week that the faithfulness of God is seen through the obedient response of men. The faithfulness of God, let me put it another way, cannot be seen. God cannot, His faithfulness cannot be seen if we're not obedient. Come on, we are His hands, we're His feet. We bring the answer of God and make a difference. So we're going to go to week one of the video and I know it's going to bless you as we just open our hearts to God to lead us. Amen. You know, it's hard to know exactly when things got bad. Just go to the mailbox each morning and you know, bills would come and I'd just put them straight in the bin. I remember feeling constant stress brain was always working and thinking, how are we going to do it this week? I remember a day I was struggling to buy milk for my son. That was hard. I just wanted to run away. Finances were just getting a bit too much. And then one day, I met a debt coach named Anne. Now we're starting to feel free and look at life differently. It's good to have hope.
I come from South Auckland. I was born here um, in Mangere Bridge. Morning, guys. Morning, there. Oh, good morning. I am a senior deck coach for South. So what we do is we um, we go out into the community and we uh, talk to people who need help with their debt. Christians Against Poverty is not just for Christians, it's for everybody who is in need. Every Tuesday morning we do have staff meeting and morning tea. Come take a seat guys and then we'll, we'll get into it, eh? I was just reading through. We normally have a time of devotion as well, so we have a prayer time, any prayer need. And I just love that scripture and it just reminds me about what we do. So we're off to visit um, my client, her name is Celia. Her husband lives in Australia and she lives here with her adult children. Um, so he's a breadwinner, so he sends money to her, her every, every week or every fortnight. Um, but they do have a lot of debt, so she's wanting to take control of their debt. Father, we just invite you um, into our discussion today and we just pray for your wisdom. So it yeah. takes us through the first visit, the second visit, visit and the third visit. So today we've come to the second visit. So how will I pay into my CAP account? So what happens is once we've taken her... She had everything ready um, and she had prepared herself. Sometimes with clients, they, they have such a fair mentality that no, they're going to put more debt on me or they're going to take something away from me or whatever. But we try and help them to conquer that fear as well. Yeah. you think Celia will be able to become debt free? Absolutely, yeah. And they just need a helping hand and that's what she's asked for, help. So I think from where I've come from, um, yeah, I don't, I don't judge. I've been there. Myself and my husband were hugely in debt um, and we had nowhere to go. We were down and we just did not know how to get back up. Debt um, was the outcome of other stuff. Um, relational problem, my husband and I were having some issues at the time as well and we just used money as a way to, um, to cover up that. Yeah, it was just wanting to have the, the, you know, the finer things, and it just took us into way debt, a lot of debt. We just realised we had nothing, no money for presents for the kids. We had already maxed all of our cards out, and our family were getting sick of us coming over, you know, for help, for food, for money, for whatever. So we're like, okay, we need to do something about this. Cap or Christians Against Poverty helped me. Um, and I want that for others. It's my dream job, to tell you the truth. I love what we do. Um, I've been doing this. I've been a debt coach for over a year now. I remember the first time I went into it, and I just cried. I just, because I, I didn't know how to help, but I knew that, that I could. And my story, um, it really did resonate with, that, with my client. And it gave them hope to know that they're looking at someone who actually went through the journey and has come out the other side and who is still debt-free today. I'd never in a million years think that I'll be right here doing a job that I love so much and so passionate about. I just thank God every day for where 
He has placed me and um, I always go back to Jeremiah 29 11 that God has got a purpose for my life. He's got a purpose for each of our children's lives and we're living it today and we're living for the future. We've got generations um, behind us that are still having to live life and if we can show them, if we can role model that for them, then that's legacy right there. Today we are here at our Legacy Sunday. And like Michelle, every one of us get to play a part through Legacy to help families who are being choked by spiraling debt into financial freedom. If for any reason you missed weeks one and two, please make sure you go online to see all that's happening. Well, I'm in this amazing new central facility. Talk about miracles. God is a miracle maker. And to see the community and kingdom reach of life right across Melbourne and New Zealand is nothing short of God breathed. And it's a result of us collectively and unitedly responding in obedience to what God is asking of us. In fact, I believe with all of my heart that legacy is birthed on a foundation of personal obedience. Our central campus, which opens at the end of November this year, will be beyond anything any of us could have ever imagined. Today, before us, there remains so much that can be achieved once we release the needed material resource. The potential of reforming foster care through Immerse, the expanded reach of Life TV into Melbourne and the Pacific Islands, and of course, the continued expansion of Christmas boxes, just to mention a few. You know, along with our 2020 strategy is a continuing desire to raise businesses that would also help fund our goal of at least 20 million per annum going into community need. I've already mentioned earlier this month that we've taken on the leadership of running QES, which is the quality education services providing alternative education through our institute in South Auckland now running with more than 500 students. Also, we have just committed to partner with the One Heart Foundation. It's a ministry in Africa that's run by Dean and Kina Landy, who are in our Life Melbourne campus. One Heart's primary focus is to change the future of both orphaned and abandoned children who are living in poverty, and in fact, to see whole communities transformed through education, leadership, empowerment, and of course, most importantly, the love of God. And we are helping towards their goal of becoming legal guardians for 200 children over the next two years, literally changing their future forever. And having a physical home is gonna be a big part of that step. In fact, our partnership will enable the building of a brand new home for the orphaned and abandoned children. You know, in everything that we do, in all of our planning, all of our strategizing, it all comes down to people finding a real relationship with Jesus. I believe it's in our yes, in fact, yes to becoming part of the Legacy family that we'll see multitudes of people find value, unconditional love, and ultimately a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. As I look back with Marie over the journey of life, I'm simply overcome 
by God's faithfulness and the bigness of His entrusted vision. Over the last 26 years, Marie and I have been joined by people just like you, but people that have said yes. Everyone doing something to live a legacy. It's always been and will always be about loving God, loving people, and impacting lives with the reality of Jesus. So cool. I think it was Marie last week on our legacy video said that tangibly we've touched more than 200,000 people in the last 12 months through what's happening by people that have said yes. I heard just last month through CAP, we had a 11 people make a first time decision for Jesus. And you just go, the power of yes to God. I'd like to put it like this, that our yes releases someone's miracle. Did you know that? When you go, God, if that's what you want, and I'm saying yes, somebody else's miracle begins to happen. Last week, I got an email from someone that I didn't know who they were. This is what they wrote. Hey, Pastor Paul, I started attending Life Church during the Legacy Series back in 2017. And I've got such a heart to share with you how much Life Church means to me now. In fact, in May last year, I moved back to Auckland, having lived in Sydney. For six years, I came back really broken. You see, I had lost a baby girl in September 2016, and it was a hugely difficult time for me. She was to be my first child. But I had to pick myself up, and I kept telling myself everything would be okay, and people had been through a whole lot worse. But the truth was I had somehow ended up emotionally unstable and found myself in an abusive relationship. I loved him so much, but he was so unstable. And in January of 2017, just four months after losing my daughter, my partner very unexpectedly hung himself in my house. And I had to deal with it all on my own. I somehow got him down and I tried to resuscitate him, but he passed away. And so I lived with post-trauma syndrome and I was just wound up with self-blame as well as the blame that came from others. It was simply unbearable. A month later, I was then made redundant from my job and I lost the house. I found myself extremely broken and during this time, I even had a few people throw scripture at me and tell that this all happened because I was sinning. You know, Christians can be so cruel sometimes. I felt I was being kicked while I was down. There was so much to the story, but I felt that within five months, everything I had known, everything I thought I had was gone. I thought I was going to start a family. I was engaged to be married. I had a house, a job, but everything was gone. I lost all hope. I wanted the pain to end. I wanted to go. I was planning and researching on how I could do it. While I was looking up on the internet on methods to end it all, I just felt like God say to me clearly, if you do this, your 14-year-old niece will not be okay. At this stage, I didn't realize how much my niece, who lived in Auckland, looked up to me and how much of a role model I was to her. But I knew at that point I would have to move back to Auckland. It wasn't easy, but I found strength 
to pack up everything that I had, my cat, my rabbit, (laughs) and fly back home. Yes, even my rabbit. Why? Because I had lost so much. I couldn't let anything else go. I couldn't bear to part with a single thing. I just had to survive. I had to move back to Auckland, back to my home land and back to my family. Well, in May 2017, I arrived in New Zealand back to my parents' house in Manurewa. Extremely broken. I was still struggling and suicidal thoughts were constant. And I told myself that I wouldn't let this break me. And I was began to search for a church and I remembered that there was one in Mount Eden. And so I arrived late to light life central service and I brought my niece with me and they were playing my favorite song, Beautiful Name. And we just looked at each other and knew it was a sign. That day Pastor Sai preached and the message was just for me. Can I tell you that life has literally been life for me. After just one year, I've gone from being suicidal on antidepressants, swimming in hopelessness, to now having found hope. And I'm excited for my future. And I know that God has a good plan for me. And I thank God every day for Life Church. I want to thank, I want to let you know how much life has blessed me. God through life has brought me back to life and a life that's abundant. I'm on the welcome team now at Life South, and my niece comes with me every single service. The devil tried to take me out, but God had other plans. He lifted me from the miry clay and he placed me back on his path. He's refueling me with kingdom purpose. Thank you, Pastor Paul and Marie. I'm so excited for the 2020 vision. God bless you, Leanne. You know, today, our whole legacy campaign is not about paying off buildings. It's about us saying yes. Come on, so that somebody else can find a miracle. It's about all of us just going, God, you can use me. Never see what you have is too small. Come on, never see the challenge is too big. Remember, a divine cause involves personal obedience and a resilient faith. Together, we can bring an answer of God into our generation and the generations that follow us. We're going to go back to the screen and then Pastor Craig's going to get up. But our first recorded decision was by a young man at that time called Chris Burns. He's still in our church today. Let's go to the screen. Born in West Germany to parents in the British Army, came to New Zealand I went to a Catholic boys' school, Sacred Heart. Really good morals, but eventually was searching for something that was missing. Uh, why, do we, why are we living this life? What's the point of just doing this over and over, generation after generation? And then just in the midst of life, I, I met uh, a young fella playing soccer, Josh Dion. He invited me to his 21st. I met all of the Dion crazies, and, and uh, he invited me to church. I thought, why not? and uh, then was just uh, blown away by the, the freedom of people at church and, and the joy that they had, and then just found something, something there that filled the, the hole that was in me. It was just in a small lecture theatre at the Teachers Training College, and Paul was talking, and uh, they, they had an altar call, and I just felt something in me go, this is this is it. This is you. This is this is where this is where you should go. And so I put my hand up and and uh, never seen anybody do this before or anything. So yeah, it was just a 
sort of a, a heart reaction to what would have been talked about. I found an area that I was passionate about and interested in and it just led into you know, serving in, in lots of different ways. So initially I was involved with, with the youth, being a youth leader, and then, uh, and then obviously onto audio and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's up around 20 past five and everybody rushing around to be ready in time to leave the house at around six. My daughters are wired very similarly to serve and to help. So for them, it's a natural thing. The girls love to help with batteries and setting up microphones and things like that. And then off they go to go and help with setup for kids. So whether it's cutting apples or preparing biscuits, they just love to dive in there and help. It does cost something. It's, it's a sacrifice in time and in, and in effort and sleep and, and all of those things. But it's part of the, what God's calling our church to do. So without people to put their hand to the tiller, then we flounder. So God's love has a practical outworking and we're part of that. As I've matured, I've thought more about where the finances are going, how the giving that we do can change people's lives and can change the community we live in. And, uh, it sets, a, sets up a platform for, for the future. It, it opens up the community to, to hear the church seeing generations, my own daughters and, and, and friends, friends' families still in church and serving and leading towards the next generations. It speaks of more than just a flash in the pan. It's uh, God's kingdom growing and flourishing here in Auckland. So it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Wow, how cool was that? Psalm 92 is absolutely true. Planted people prosper. You know, today is where we get to decide whether we join the thousands already a part of the legacy family, people that are committed to creating a foundation to the 2020 vision. It's a vision birthed in God's heart, along with our together response that will shape and establish the supernatural. We are believing our Gideons in 2018 will go from 104 committed Gideons to 180. And our annual builders will go from just over 2,200 to 2,500. It is the decisions we make today that determine the release of the destinies of many. Our 2020 vision to see the expansion of all of our four focuses, church, community, business, and kingdom, to be a church that will be in excess of 20,000. Yes, 2,000 effective leaders, 20 million every year going into community need, and then to become a leading community agency. My heart to your heart, for the 2020 miracle to happen, it will require a collective yes for us to make a personal commitment to put self aside in this season to establish this God-given legacy. See, God speaks and God calls and God entrusts, but it's our willing response that causes what God sees to become a human reality. I often think the Apostle Paul had such an understanding of the kingdom of God 
And I love how he puts it in Ephesians 1.16. He's talking to the church at Ephesus and he writes these words. I couldn't stop thanking God for you. In fact, every time I prayed, I thought of you and I gave thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask. I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of all glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally. That your eyes, He says, would be clear so that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do. That you could grasp, that I could grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that He has for all Christians. Then he says in verse 19, Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us, those of us that trust Him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All of this energy issues from Christ. God raised Him from the dead. He set Him on a throne in deep heaven. He's in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. There is no name. There's no power exempt from His rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Verse 23 has become the essence of why I do what Marie does and most of us do what we do. He says, the church that you see is not a church that's peripheral to the world. No, the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks, acts, by which He fills everything with His presence. Imagine being a part of this commission to build God's church on earth so everyone can find His love. Today our yes changes generations and creates an incredible legacy. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.